You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship through interviews with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney, your host and a marketing specialist with a passion for music and connection. If you're like me, passionate about paving your own path and inspired to connect with like-minded professionals, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll set you up for success at the Setup Podcast. Today's guest is an artist and entrepreneur. Hope Taylor is part of the emerging electronic duo known for their dark cinematic vibes, Silent Disco Sex. She is also the producer, videographer, editor, and subject of every music video they have ever made. Hope founded her full-service production company, After Music, to support other artists like herself with all creative aspects of their music. In episode 17 of the Setup Podcast, Hope breaks down the art of music videos and the importance of creating one. Welcome, Hope. Thanks for joining us on this episode, The Setup, today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My first question to you is, how would you sum up your career? Like a dream that was transpired on like nonsense, right? That, that you know, I just like, I wake up every day and I just, I can't believe I'm like still doing it, yet I wouldn't dream of doing anything else. It's kind of like I get to be a big kid every single day and you really get to just dial in your craft, but every single day is completely different. You know, I already vividly go off in imagination land all of the time with all of these like different scenarios in my head and the fact that I'm able to just like make a living off of story time all the time is just something beautiful that I don't, you know, take lightly. I just, I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yes. How did you get started? So I got started because, um, you know, I am a musician and an artist and I was actually doing like graphic design before for my company. So I was doing like website, online stuff and branding. But, um, you know, my buddy, he, my other partner in Silent Disco Sex, he picked up a camera and he was gone at work one day and I was like, I'm going to shoot us a music video. I'm going to do this. And um, just kind of like didn't know what I was doing. It was totally, completely organic. And I just, you know, set up the scenes and, you know, I took it really serious and it was just like kind of so low budget of a production, but I was like dead set on. And I try to think back into my mindset now of like what I was doing. And it was, it was really, it was really like, it almost wasn't me, like an outer body experience, right? Setting up my future self. So I made this like music video for us and it was like one of the most like exhilarating moments I felt like I had like ever had. And I was like, no, I want to do this. This is what I need to do. Like sitting on a computer and doing like design work all the time. That's just not, that's just not going to cut it. It's just not going to do it. So from then on, it was just like gear teching out and nerding out on like every little piece of equipment and DIY stuff. And just, you know, being a DIY artist, you really learn how to, you know, bootstrap and just use your entrepreneurial skills to, to get the job done. So then it just kind of just snowballed from there. (laughs) 
Yeah, flash forward to today, and now it's a full-blown production company. One thing, too, it's like, it's really cool because it all came from something that's just like has no intent, right? It was just like pure joy and just pure passion project. And then, you know, people started seeing like some of the stuff we were doing and like reaching out. It was kind of just learning and teaching and growing at first. And then it was just like, all of a sudden, I feel like, you know, with the spies and like, um, was like Jason Bourne. I was like, I was like activated. I was like, I could just like see clearly having kind of like some business sense to a, a structure to be able to talk out things with artists and kind of make almost like a business plan or like kind of just like a whole little plan um, pre-production structure for their vision. Right. And then just like scaling that back and using like what I know doesn't work or like just my own resources to make that happen for them. So yeah, it started with, can you do this? Can you do this? And then putting it on the website and then just getting some serious clients that was able to like, let me grow. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you were just mentioning, like people reaching out to you and then kind of telling you a little bit what their vision is. When you are working with artists, do you give them the creative control or do you kind of align like your vision with their style of music? So that's a good question. I want to help any way possible, whether it be like now or like future you, at least like by giving some type of advice. So I always say like, realistically look at like what you have as resources, right? So I always say stylistically, like, let's try to match that entirely. Sometimes like, you know, a client will have a totally different style than me, but I always want to see what they're coming in with. Sometimes people just know they're like, I want this and I want this, this color. And I need, you know, all these dancers and all this stuff. Some people have no idea and I can help with any of that process. Right. So it's kind of like how much pre-production do we need to do? And so a little bit kind of like psychology as well. What I always do is I always ask first, like, can you send me, you know, even like a rough copy of your music? So I sit in my office and I play the music and I kind of close my eyes and I like listen to it. And I like really feel it, you know, and I just feel like, what do I feel? Like, what do I see? And then that's always like the first step. And then I come back to them with, I'm like, oh my goodness, all of this is like what I'm seeing and feeling. And, but, but we always end up like mix mashing. I feel like it's always like an incorporation and because you're making something together we, we come up with the big vision the creative concept first and then we're like okay what do we have to put towards this right what is your budget and then you know if they do have more of a budget it's like we can do this right i have locations and resources um for for people and models and spaces and stuff but if we have to do it diy style like let's let's find some cool spots around the city i know a bunch of free spots um outside so whether they're like you know shooting like a pop video or maybe it's more grungy you know we can realistically make it work with that so yeah that's that's always the first step and then if you're making a movie or anything too like you start out with this whole plan you just need a plan and the plan's going to change you know a little bit here and there because when you're shooting and you're filming there's like so much magic that happens too. You're like, you can't even plan for some of the amazing shots that are going to go down. So you're like, that was money. I mean, that seems like really exciting and really fun. And what I love about everything you just mentioned is like the collaboration and like the magic that happens as much as you plan, you can't possibly account for every little thing that's going to happen. And that's the beauty of it. So what are the main components of creating a music video? 
what I always like to, to think for a successful music video is kind of like, what is the song, right? You got to think about like at a higher level, like what is the vibe, right? What, what feeling are you trying to tell with your story? And then that'll help guide it, whether it's going to be dark, whether it's going to be tongue in cheek. Cause sometimes like, you know, there's like those lyrics that are just absolutely ridiculous that make no sense with the music video, but they're hilarious. Right. So it's kind of like, what is that artist's personality? Because I have a background like in branding. I always tell people to like introspectively kind of artists to take a look at like, you know, what they want for their personality to show. So they can get a sense of like how to direct it. Once you figure out your vibe, you write out an entire pre-production structure. You need to start listing out. Right. So sit with your song, kind of get you know, a game plan together, get a little writing structure in order with a story. And once you see that story, you can start compartmentalizing things into buckets. And it's so much easier, but writing always comes first because you don't want to just take your camera out and shoot. You can do that, but you will regret it. And it will be a mishmash. And when you try to do something with it, if you're editing it too, or having to pay somebody, you know, you're on a budget, you really want to utilize your money and your time well. So, you know, putting those stories into buckets, like, okay, here's a story. Where is this story gonna be? What's the setting to this story? Can we afford to put other people into this story, you know, and then just kind of go from what that story entails and putting locations and places and times in there. Once you have that, you know, utilize the people around you, especially if you're DIY as well. If you have friends with cameras, if you have, um, you know, enough money or some funding or a Patreon or anything like that to kind of just get yourself and pick yourself up a DSLR, just get yourself some base video equipment um, and really dial it in in a day or so. Or if your shots from your list, that comes first, your, your list, if it includes multiple days, which gets expensive if you have a production company, it is, you know, systematically tackle that. Because that, that was a mistake I made um, a lot of times. And you have to, you do when you're f first filming, you're just like, I'm going to flip on the camera and I'm just going to keep it rolling. You know, you're just like, wow, there is a lot of footage. And now I'm investing in hard drives, a lot of them. And now I, I don't know where to cut. And why am I talking for 20 minutes in the corner? Like, that was great. Oh, now there's a magic scene. Like, what's going on? So really just be really systematic with like your shots, right? Start to finish. So that way you're not scrubbing through footage forever. And, you know, when and where those are going to take place. Okay. So writing everything out was number one. I just like to summarize a lot because, you know, there's a lot to it. No, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so writing everything out, game plan that as much as you can. So you're going in with something, getting yourself, you know, a video friend, a camera, you know, the base, base stuff, planning that out with your, 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 your game plan. And then once you're done filming, once you're done shooting, treat it like a job. You know what I mean? Once you have that footage, you know, don't leave it in your camera. Don't whatever, go home and organize that like your audio matching and syncing that up. That's one thing too, I, I did forget to mention. There's some people that like to sing. Get that, make sure you have that on a phone or a speaker and really sing to it, right? So like when you're, when you're out there, if, if you're doing it, so that way you can match it up later uh, in post-production and it, it'll be cool. There's tricks to speed things up and slow things down too as well. So, but then yeah, post-production is a good time. You, there's a lot of DaVinci is free. 
It's a free editing software um, that you can use that has like color grading and a bunch of stuff. I use Premiere Pro, but that's another magical land. I can firsthand attest to that. I've been going on LinkedIn learning and trying to teach myself. And I swear to God, video production is probably one of the only things where I just it does not click. Like I, you know, I tried it and like, usually I like to pick things up, but Premiere Pro, there's just so many different options where if like, if you 100% have never video, um, did video editing before, it's not the right place to start essentially, unless like you have a friend or you to like walk you through it. (laughs) There's a way and an order to do things that you can't learn off of, you know, the basic tutorial, the basic thing. Like you have to like nest, I know I'm going to get technical, nest certain sequences before you put color grades and then slow it down. Otherwise it breaks and it doesn't work. It's just like, you don't know until you mess it up and then you like take things off and Google your random problem that you only have. Right. right? And then that takes time as well. So what program would you recommend beginners? So like, you know, try Resolve. Resolve is free. You know, they have color grading there. It's still difficult to use, but at least you're not making that financial investment. And honestly, it lets you, if you're used to any other softwares, say if you you did play around with Premiere, you're just looking to change, if you used a Final Cut Pro, it'll emulate and change its user interface to like accommodate you so you're familiar with it right away. So that's pretty cool. I do have a phone app though. It's called um, Luma Fusion. That one's pretty good. Yeah, so you can do it all on your phone. I, I do mobile stuff like that. It's pretty, pretty, pretty easy. It's probably one of the most complex phone apps, but, but I do like it. It's got a lot of cool features. But. That's all really good to know. So just overall, why do musicians like yourself need music videos? We're human beings who taste and smell and see and, and do all these different things and senses. And it's just like, if you have the opportunity to feed a sense into somebody, it really embeds who you are and your brand and who you are as a musician with that person so much more. Right. So it's like, you know, you listen to music all the time on Spotify, X, Y, Z, but like, you know, once you hear something, then once you see something, you know, you're, it's just, it's just a whole different experience. So I like to say that you're giving them and just more contents, um, you know, more things to post on social media, more touch points for you to utilize um, for your brand. And it's just a good time, like <laughs> in general, but you, you need them. Even if it's just a lyric video, go look on YouTube right now and see if like you can find just a song or burst just like the song on there and the lyric video version. There's probably hundreds of thousands of more plays of it because people are just engaged by like seeing things. <laughs> You'll get higher streams, higher, you know, higher engagement, everything. Absolutely. As a consumer, I, I, I would choose watching a video on YouTube over listening to Spotify. It's just so nice to see who the artist is and like what their vibe is. Music videos matter because it's just another way to engage with your fans and get them invested into you and who you are and see your art. I, this might be putting you on a spot a little bit, but what is your favorite music video of all time? Man, that is difficult. Just like, I'm a super huge 90s fan in general, right? So like, I don't know, like that kind of comes out in our music. 
through everything. So I'm so influenced by by everything 90s too. Oh, you know what was really cool that I was trying to like emulate for like a minute? It was uh, this Portishead one. I don't know if it was like, if it was like, oh, I don't think it was over, but it was the one where the kid is like dancing and like, or she's like dancing, she's underwater. That's so cool. I'm not familiar with it. And then Chris Cunningham, or no, not Chris Cunningham. I don't think it, maybe it was Chris Cunningham. He's like this music video director. He done, he's done a lot of like Aphex Twins music videos too they had to like remove every bubble like in posts entirely so you couldn't tell but it's like this weird creepy alleyway it's like this dark abyss and then she's there and then it's all like this like weird movement happening they're doing like break beat stuff and it's just like it's so cool and I was just like I need to get underwater and do that immediately so that's always something that inspires me I'm a big Portishead fan in general I just look at videos and then I immediately see like my brain goes crazy. I'm like, how do they do that shot? Get that. <laughs> I love your like style and your inspiration. Um, however, I've been getting a lot into like the opposite lately, like the really, really funny, like weird music videos. With the colorful backdrops and like poppy and like strange, yeah. When you're a little bit shocked from an artist, when you yeah. think you know who they are as an artist and then they come out with this wacky video and you're like, whoa, like if I were to be in a music video, that's what my style I think would be. Like, I'm just like all about the color. I love when it's monochromatic. I love when it's weird and you like incorporate other props that look like that color or whatever. You have a specific style. You have that, like you're influenced by the nineties, it's cinematic. How does that influence like your work with others? I think a lot of clients are like, like, look for that too. Like it's kind of like you're like buddying up when you're finding somebody to do your music video. You really want them. I feel like, I mean, I know every client of mine has kind of done like a, a lot of research or like looked at a portfolio or checked it out, especially this last one. I'm going to be working with them. It sucks because COVID-19 kind of hit right before we're supposed to start shooting, but I was doing our shapeshifters music video and I was coming out with all these like promos, which is great for artists too. Like what you need to do. Another side note of like when you're editing your music video is like, I started like, since I have like a bunch of different set scenes all the time, I'm like, here's one scene, here's one scene, here's one scene. I'll like separate them all in one project, but they will be like in different kind of areas. And then I just like clip cool little promos out of each one. And I make like a little mini movie out of that scene to like promote it weeks before. So it'll be like 20 seconds, 15 seconds of each one. But yeah, these artists saw that. So I, I do believe it does influence it. But I also really sit down with an artist before and try to connect. So I ask a series of questions. I want to see their past work, if they have any. If not, I want to know, like, what's their style? Like, what are you into? What do you wear? Like, you know, what do you listen to? You know, what do you want to be? Like, what's who influenced you to make your music? There's all these things that I sit down and ask them, especially if they're just starting out and they don't really have a brand yet. And then I say, send me some stuff that you think is like super dope. Like send me a bunch of things that you see or like, you know, um, see for this, like example music videos, X, Y, Z. So that way, if like we don't have, they don't have that kind of style, I can really like sink my teeth in and then kind of like chameleon into that and we can make it work. And I think that is really cool that artists, you know, acknowledge that you have this sort of style that 
you love, you get it. You know, like you can't make someone do something that they maybe have never done before. So the fact that you've been doing it, like it just adds that extra um, connection. But also, I think that was a really good point that you just made about the promo videos too, the promotional videos for social channels, because it keeps the music fans reeled in. Like it reminds them that you're releasing a video. It gives them that extra suspense and it keeps them wanting more so that they're like ultra excited and ready to see it. Oh yeah. I love your promotional videos. Like I've seen them on your socials and for Shapeshifter, it's it's in the subway. And you also use sounds from the subway. Super, super important. Yeah, yeah. We use the real train audio. I think sound design is like one of the coolest things in the entire world, like scoring movies and XYZ. And like you really, really, really can build some anticipation. So, you know, there's so many different ways you can do it. Like I did some ones recently where it was just sound design. It like wasn't even our music for, for our next one coming out. But the other one, it started out with just like the kind of like weird setting that was going to take place. You just hear that over looming and then it fades into like a little glimpse of the track and then, you know, fades back out. I feel like artists, <laughs> a lot of the ones I work for, work with, um, they're like, here's my video. I'm going to put it out and that's it. Right. Put yourself through all of this. You've made this beautiful piece of work. You've done all the things you've invested your time and your money. You can't just be like, there you go. That's it. And, and even if you do good pre-work, like I hundred trillion times recommend, you know, ask your editor, you can take screenshots like in premiere, like what I've been doing recently too, is like, if we don't have time or like, you know, we're on location, you don't have time to do a photo shoot, take cool screenshots like of the video um, and out of the editor, it actually exports super high quality. And it's been like transforming everything into a million photo shoots, but do a photo shoot before too, for like a press release. Right. So, so many pre things, right. You, you can take screenshots of the video, you set up a time to do a photo shoot, or you just make sure that you have good lighting and take some really high quality iPhone ones. Um, there's a bunch of free phone apps to edit that out so that you have some press content beforehand, something, um, to use and to talk about. And then also, you know, there's so many different people that can do write-ups on blogs for music too. Um, so that way you have somebody, if you write up your own little mini press release about what it's kind of about, you can send it to people and they will like interpolate it a little bit. So when it's released, then you do this beforehand a little bit. Um, when it's released, then you'll have like an awesome official looking blog or press content. Um, people stop usually after the release because they don't know what to do. What you can still do is just, you know, utilize the same pictures, keep going back, keep going back, make, you know, the, all of the, the funny video footage that isn't used, maybe do like miniature, like funny behind the scene, like little clips of stuff. Um, you know, have yourself talking about it, like live stream yourself talking about it when you're like listening to the track and be like, Oh, this is what I was going through. If you do have a little bit of a following or family or friends that want to see that because people are really interested in like your mind state as well. Like you listen to the song so many times, but like if you create different ways to make it interesting and engaging afterwards, um, you know, go back through your footage, find other, make those same pre promo videos, make other ones. And then just say, Hey, check this out. It was just released. Like, um, really utilize that content because like you can spin it so many different ways. 
And also they've spent so much money on it and time where why, why waste some of the content that maybe you haven't used in the video? Like I'm a huge fan of the behind the scenes factor. It brings it back to like, how do you engage your fans again? How do you get them invested in you and not just one song that may have popped off like a couple of years back? Like you want them to keep coming and listen to your whole entire album or what have you. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I get so fascinated in the whole like marketing of it as well. And I think, you know, even so, like what you're talking about is extending the life of a music video. You have to, because the way the algorithms work right now, it, it's just you could put something out and nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to see it. So post it again, post it again, repurpose content, re share those links that you're putting on your social media channels and, and, and keep going with it. You might feel like you're being annoying, be annoying, right? But be giving quality content while you're doing it. Don't just spam people stupid stuff. Like, right. Because then immediately, like you're only going to get back what you put, you know, you put, put out there. So make sure it is super engaging. Make sure it's meaningful and heartfelt. Caption your stuff. Don't be like, here's a thing I did. I did this. But like, just say something about it. Really utilize the SEO, um, you know, with, with the copy that you use. And with anything too, and I always look and I, I feel terrible for the artists that get taken advantage of when they don't have things in order first, make sure you have a place for them to go, right? Like have an objective, regardless, even if you're just starting out, you don't need to be like, okay, I don't have my merch stuff up yet. I don't have this up yet. I don't have this up yet. What can you do? You can take action and you can have a Facebook, you can have an Instagram, you can be on your social media channels. You don't necessarily need to have a website yet. Cause how many websites, you know, as much as I love Portisette or like, you know, Trent Reznor, I'm not going to their website all the time. I'm really not just, there's, there's different um, free platforms for you to make merch. So, you know, get yourself like a little mini branding, even if you don't stick with it right away, just keep it simple. Let's say, keep it simple at first, you know, get yourself a logo or just, you know, a branded picture, set yourself up some social channels and, you know, then you can grow from there as you learn, right? Really think and sit down and like pre-production yourself a little bit and be like, what, where are my touch points with people? What do I have that I can put up right now? And make sure it is quality, right? So well, our thing was kind of going back to, it's like, we don't really care if we're just starting out. We're going to take our time because when people go back to look at us later, you know, they have now, it's all good looking. Don't be hasty with things, but do the necessary, right? So it's, it sounds like a lot, but you know, if you write it out, you're already on social media. You already talk to people, just be a real person or your persona that you want and just live it and do it and stay consistent with it. Even if you don't consistently put out music videos, like I said, you know, you're putting out the promos, you're putting out pictures when you're on set or you're on the music video, you're, you're doing stories. Um, you're, you're doing live, live things afterwards, talking about it, the Q and a, the behind the scenes. So it's a whole machine but once you kind of get into a flow your brain just starts thinking like absolutely that. so when you are working with another artist for their music video how long does it take from pre-production to put to the final project honestly like if they want to have a pre-production service you know we sit and dedicate a day and we really diagnose those problems without any distractions whatsoever so i always recommend we don't really need more than a day if we're going to do pre-production 
let's just use some emailing first. It doesn't really count for the day too much if you're going to get it anyway. So I can just at least get a sense of your style and get everything going. And so then, you know, when we're setting up the proposal and the contracts and stuff, like we're also sending back and forth like images and um, pictures, videos, and they sign it. And then financially, which is also super important to musicians, proposals, contracts, always get them done. Like don't, you know, I know we like to just work with money, but stay safe. This is business. Then you sit down for that day, getting the story together, what we see, drawing up like rough storyboards and then like putting locations towards them. At this point, you know, we already kind of know the budget that's going into place with all of it, but we really dial in all of the finite details of the setting and of the story and of everything. And I like to keep that locked in. Now, what kind of varies is people's schedules, depending on how many people are in on it right so if we can just shoot and it's like everything is cool it's like cool we, we do a day, full day of pre-production and then whatever the schedule can be it's it's the next day cool if some people are like i can't do it for two weeks whatever it's like yeah no worries so then we shoot that production day i always try to maximize and be like okay we're gonna do one day of shooting i don't care if it's gonna take 10 hours or if it's gonna take you know if it permits right if the story permits if we have to split it do like split coverage and and you know knock it out. But I always feel like the momentum is so strong and like, there's such like an energy and like everybody always at the end of a shoot, like their face hurts from smiling so much. And it's just like, just like a really, you know, you're floating on a cloud experience. Say, you know, at least two weeks for post-production, honestly, if they're in a rush, we can get it done. Um, it, and that's with the back and forth too. So it's just kind of like, here, you know, we'll edit it, send you a rough cut, see what you think. And, you know, if everything looks good or, you know, you want some changes, then, you know, back and forth with that. So um, then it's just digital delivery and download. And that's just like a standard one. Sometimes people want like a lot of after effects, like motion graphics or just dependently on what they need. Um, if they want a lot of special effects, it might take, you know, I, that would be leaning more towards the four week process. But honestly, gotten music videos done out in a day you're dealing with like contracts communication talking that usually takes like a week you get to know each other maybe a couple of days maybe not maybe they want you right away then pre-production i don't like to do more than a day editing it can be a day two to four weeks so it really just depends on what like that artist is looking for i know it seems like a range but i'd say like a whole communication for a music video would be a month artists need to figure out what they want to do. You should self, you need to self distribute. And that's the people forget about that. So like if there's a distributor, they're called DistroKid. They're awesome. Sign up for them, you get an account to do that, right. To get it on all the platforms and Spotify and everything that takes four weeks, right? You send in your song and then they, they tag it and track it and they put their, their stuff in it. That's like a four week process. Then you can pitch it to Spotify. They have like a, a thing for that. It's super cheap. It's like 20 bucks a year. It's, it's great. Yeah, you don't need record labels. You don't need anything. You don't need an agency. Self-distribute. Now speaking about like the day of the filming, the like ultra fun part. I've never like been on set before. So is is it chaotic? Like I think it might be. There's actually a good flow to it. You know what I mean? I always think when you go in with a good plan, all the equipment is like super organized and we, we know what we're going to be filming and shooting. So we have like the right tools and we're not bringing a bunch of mishmash stuff and whatever. I mean, I feel like there's always a little bit of like a, uh, exhilarating just vibe going on. Like, Oh, like everybody's so excitable. So 
being able to kind of like reel that in is, is always good. But when you do have designated plan shoots um, for things, it, it, it really is it's not as chaotic as you would think for it to. And it's, it's a good time. You know, it just depends on where you're shooting. Man, I've shot in some like really tiny tight places. And then of course it feels a little chaotic because everybody's all close and it's like hot and you're just trying to get the shot. But like, like this is a risky shot right now. I don't know where I should be going for this. It's, it's definitely, it's so much fun. And I always like to tell artists, you know, get a good night's sleep beforehand, drink a lot of water, um, be ready to have some fun. And, you know, if you need anything for the day, if we're going to be out shooting all day, make sure to bring that with you. And makeup and costume is always kind of like, it's super important, you know, that can make something really fail. So just like making sure that that looks on point um, and stays good too. So just like bring all those things that you're going to need for that. And, you know, just taking the time to put in for the shots is always super important. Um, but besides that, there's really, it's not, it's not too chaotic or crazy because planning right you make sure that you have what you need you make sure that you have uh, electricity to plug in tools or things or you have enough batteries if things are battery operated and then you just you kind of are going off autopilot that day a little bit right because there's so much happening and um you know what's you know what's going on so having that being like this is our shot list this is our set list everybody knows what's happening now you hit the structure and then you leave room for all the fun stuff too. Like those magical shots that you don't know are going to happen or, you know, like, Oh, you get so inspired. You're literally like, let's do this. This looks even doper than I thought it would. Oh my God. Like I got to try this shot. So like, you know, we have drones and sliders and multiple cameras and breaks. So just, I always bring extra things. Do you usually bring the drones and this, the camera sliders? Oh, it depends. No. I don't usually bring the drone out and the sliders a sometimes thing, but like, it's so lightweight. Like honestly with it, I can like put it anywhere pretty much with the, the tripod legs can like go in any direction. Um, it's battery operated too. So I can even like have it outside. It does like crazy time lapses and time warpses. And so I have a little like backpack. Yeah. It's, it's the price of like a garbage car, but like, it's really expensive. You know what I mean? Just for like a little piece of equipment, but it does so much. And it actually is really cool because for how small it is, the company, like, it's about this big. And so if anybody doesn't know, a slider is like a uh, motor. It, they can be motorized. This one is. Um, and it slides the camera all cinematic. This one, actually, for how small it is, it extends when I put it on the tripod. So it doubles in length. That's great for, like, when you get the shot and then you do some post-production work and you can speed stuff up and really make shots, like, super trippy and buttery smooth and... So I've been bringing that out recently just because it's super fun to play with. But um, if I'm going to be outside or if I'm not going to have a lot of access to like electrical outlets, I always think battery operated and then I stack up my LED lights and that's like a must, you know, you don't want to be taking a bunch of everything with you because that will wear you out, especially if you own it yourself too. Like you purchase this equipment, it's expensive equipment. Now what happens if you get robbed or there's some, some kind of incident, I'm not going to say whatever. You just don't want to think about having that be a mishap. And it's easier when you're organized. Like you have like, I have like a Husky case and I have like bins and things are labeled. Um, so that way it makes the whole production day and the shot list go smooth too. I can just like talk to, you know, my videographers and my grips and whatnot and be like, go in the bin, it's in this, it's, everything's labeled. Like sometimes it's nice to put some parameters. Like if you have too many options, it might like make you feel like a little bit overwhelmed or at least for me, that's 
an issue that I have. Like if you have too much creative freedom, it's like, oh no, where do you start? I've had that before too. You're just like, for our own music videos, we're like, what do we, now what do we, what do we do? I don't, should I build that thing over there or do this thing over here? You're like, ah, why did I do it all? Is it just you or do you have a team that is at, at the shoot with you? My, so it's funny, the other person in Silent Disco Sex, his name is Rosalio Garcia. He's a producer. He's been producing for a long time, too. He's actually, he's actually like my roommate and my, my business type partner with After Music, but he's like my freelancer. <laughs> so he's an amazing videographer um, and photographer, too. So he's like the other part and extension to my team. So he's always with me, like all the time. But it just depends. If I need to, I try to, especially with music videos, sometimes budgets aren't like really big. You can do, do things with a small two to three person team as well. Regardless if it's just you and one other person or you and five other people, what's everyone's designated role? Videographer, right? That'll be, I usually have like one to two of those. It just depends. Usually there's only like a need for like an extra one or two just to get the different perspective of shots. Like say if like that's what we're going for, that's usually what we use that for. Like um, I have one that's just a drone operator. It's awesome work. Um, so he does a bunch of cool drone stuff. And then otherwise grip. Um, so grip is just, people don't know. They like hold things, tape things, gaff things. They make sure like equipment and everything is in order if you like really need. Then I have somebody specifically for audio, but you know, in, in um, music videos, you, you don't want to, you're not, you know, recording audio. You're matching that later on. And that's, that's also a good point. Like speaking of the audio, so typically is the set while you're filming, is it quiet or do the artists like to sing during, how does that work? It's a mixed mash, right? So I noticed that the trend of things really isn't to like sing too much to certain things anymore. Um, but you totally can. Sometimes it's just both, right? So there's either like, if we're not singing, at all. I like to have music on. So I have a Bluetooth, like JBL, like wireless speaker. So I always like try to have like a chill vibe and then ask the artist what they're into, or I already know, you know, like what they're feeling. Um, and we'll put on a playlist from like Spotify, just like when we're setting up and doing a bunch of stuff. Sometimes if we're really trying to nail a shot and like, you know, communicate back and forth, like it'll be quieter. And just so we can kind of communicate if like there's like, a couple of videographers going around just so I know, and I can like call out shots. Um, otherwise, if there are uh, singing or recording, I like it to be quiet if they're singing because it messes with people's heads. Like they have to be on point. They have to like make sure their face is on point. And then, you know, somebody's cell phone goes off or something happens. And I always tell people to put your phone on silent, you know, cause then it'll just like break you. It'll break you from character entirely. So, um, it doesn't, we're not taking that audio. The audio is for the purposes of syncing it. Right. So if you want to be playing it off your phone, you play it off the speaker, and then what's really hard to do is like, if you want to do like slow-mo or fast stuff uh, with your body and then have your mouth match. Yeah, you double time. So for slow-mo, I think you like 150% the song. So like times the speed. And then the other one is like, yeah, you 50% slow it down and then it goes really fast. So yeah, you singing like 50%, you're moving around, but then you're moving around really fast when you like, put it back in a post, but you need to make sure frame rates are good for that. And it's like a whole mathematical equation. So when that comes into play, singing, just keep everybody quiet, you know, really get into the performance, feel the performance. And um, we don't want to mess with that. 
in my mind, I picture it like completely quiet. Um, my sister was once once in a music video, and it, <laughs> it it was a scene where like she was with like fifty other women, and they were dancing. It was like a club scene, and <laughs> she like came back, and she's like, "Sydney, I'm telling you." We were all sober, dancing like we were in a club to no music. Oh my god! See, I feel too awkward. So what I like to do, even if it's not as well, too, like so, you know, when we're setting up and like we have the Spotify playlist or whatever going, that's usually just for camera setup and stuff. But like, if there's gonna be no singing or whatever, even though to get on beat with the song, since like I'm an editor, I'm a musician or whatever, play the song at least, you know what I mean? So that way, like when you're bobbing your head or like you're doing your looks and cues, like you can kind of like be like, oh, they were feeling this part. Cause like what happens is, is, you know, when you're recording audio in the camera, then you can like lay them over top of each other. Like that's what I like to do when I'm editing, but yeah, at least playing the track. So that way you get the tempo. Right. Because nothing's weirder than like some strange tempo, um, you know, and you really want to just live the story like you're in mm-hmm. the story. You've made it and now you're acting it. And this is a role and just got to be a part of it. But yeah, I'm sure that was really weird. But yeah, I think it would make more sense to play the actual song and like understand, like actually move to the beat. I know you mentioned earlier that you know, with coronavirus, things have been a little bit different. What are some creative ways you have been producing like music videos, if any, during this lockdown? Doing, we've been working behind the scenes doing pre-production stuff, but like, it's cool because the place we're shooting is a friend's of my, friend of mine's. And so he's got this like insane loft that has all these really weird mannequins. And over here in Pilsen, we're located in Chicago. Um, there's uh, on 18th and Halstead, there's all these like storefront windows and whatnot. So like the woman who does like the Pilsen Art Walk and Pat Majerski, uh, we have access to all those too. So it's like all the locations that I go to, like I still have access to locations and I've just been taking the time because we are coming out with a new release. It's going to be released. Um, it was going to already be released, but because of everything happening, we pushed it back. So it's July 21st now. We wanted to kind of like, it's always important to, to make sure your releases are not conflicting and it won't go, you know, all those efforts won't be in poor taste as well as you know you you lose everything in the momentum that you're building musicians can utilize their homes utilize a green screen utilize um safe places that you can go right like locations of friends um there also is peer space that's open that's like a location database finder it's pr space that's still open like we're looking to shoot um, it is going to be crazy. One of our next music videos, it's, uh, the devil dog music video off the EP. It's like, <laughs> if you go to Pierce space, they have cool locations. This is an artist tip. Um, and you can get big spaces that have a bunch of different scenes in them. The one I'm getting has like this cool, like checkered room with like a grizzly bear rug and like a pimp bed with like, like uh, I think Panthers all over the place and it's like a bathtub and a motorcycle. It's all weird. It's like, <laughs> so we're just going to like what I was looking to do and I would do it for an artist too. like find a space that's accommodating to you where you can get as much done as possible and safe. So that way you're not going to be around a bunch of people and you can maximize your time. So it's like, we're going to get like all of the shots done and we're going to do it fast. So it'll be like, look like we're in seven different places. Right. So it'll be, really, really good. 
Um, another thing you can do is start offering, um, you know, your live streaming situation. Uh, super easy. Streamlabs OBS. Streamlabs OBS. Get on it. Okay. So it's not difficult to do that. And you can set up your PayPal account and you can have people tip you and you can perform. So it's kind of like, you know, I know that's not a music video per se, but you're doing live performances and then record that because it records and then repurpose that is like a live music video thing you're doing, right? So, you know, with Streamlabs, you can put things on the screen to show when people tip you and whatnot. You don't have to do that. You can just still cater to your audience, put out your content, record it, and then have that. Right. So then it's just kind of like you're doing something cool. Like, so set up your little studio how you want it, get some lighting and then, you know, sit down and do a little performance um, and then edit out the parts where you're talking to people. But that is a good way for you to like quadruple down on content. Right. So it's like you're engaging your audience. Um, you know, you're utilizing your platform and live streaming um, and you have the music video stuff afterwards that you can also make promo stuff out of. So I feel like, you know, time is everything. And so when you can just like repurpose, redo, reuse, and keep consistent is important. I know it's hard as an artist to keep like that other entity of like making income. You have to have that kind of balance. So making that life plan of like when you're going to do your arts, when you're going to do your work and how you're going to fund it. Yeah, that's all really great insight. Um, so you mentioned that since you're working on internal stuff, you do have a release coming out. Can you share any details on that? Uh, so it's a song called Concubine. <laughs> so we came out with, the way we did it is, we're going to start doing things a little bit differently. At first it was always like, we're going to come out with regular music and the music video at the same time. And then the instrumental will come out after the fact. Well, instrumentals, like, that's a good way to make money. Um, you know, and streams and XYZ, but like after people already hear the lyrical version, it's kind of just like, ah, why go back to that? You know, I feel like, you know, we're now doing our instrumentals first for this time being, if, you know, if it doesn't see fit, we don't have an instrumental, we won't do it, but instrumental first, then, um, the, the lyrical version of it and then the music video. So that way we can just keep kicking it back up before I was like, how you mentioned before too, you'd much rather, I'd much rather go look at. YouTube. I'd much rather see a music video. I'm all about it. It's my thing. But uh, then Spotify dies. You know what I mean? That's like a really good way to be able to make a lot of money um, for streaming purposes because they give you such a decent cut uh, as a musician. So um, just really like just, just drag it out as long as you can. Um, and so Concubine is now we're going to come out with that on the 21st and it'll be the lyrical version of it. And there's a funny story to it as well. It's pretty funny. Uh, I, I already have a music video shot pretty much, you know, and I'm actually going back to old footage now that I've had time for internal stuff being like that time I was covered in blood in the bathtub. Nice. Like, you know, like, you know, like that could possibly work here. So it's, it's really dark. It's really weird. It's kind of like, because it was like, it made sense. We already had lyrics to it. I'm more excited about devil dog, which is what we're going to be doing. Too, but this one's going to be amazing too. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you know, it's creepy and it's weird and it's eerie. Um, and it's funny because the lyrics are really dark, but like I made it about talking to my cat, telling him like, cause he like, he's like the keeper of my bedtime. I feel like, you know what I mean? So he's just like, kind of come up and get me like I'm working or I'm editing and stuff. And he'll just like, 
meow at me to come to bed. He's like my little keeper. I was like, it's okay, JJ. It's okay. You're going to a place you dream. Like, and I was like, wait. And then I started doing it all like trip happy, like going to a place you dream. I was like, that's good. And then I just, what I do as an artist, I like voice memo stuff. And I was like, oh, let's see. Like it just, all the lyrics started to come out with it um, after that. So then I made like this whole cool, weird lyrical version. Um, and then we utilized a song, like a song we were going to just, it was like this weird rock song. It's like all the ways to say F you. <laughs> I'm just going to bleep that out for myself there. And it's like all the ways that I F you. <laughs> so, uh, so like, yeah, so, so then we took like my little blip and like the, the, the chorus of this old track from like three years ago and then turned it into some weird, awesome trip hop thing. And we'd had a running joke about a relationship of mine, concubine nature, being goofy. Like me and my, my music partner, we just like to just come up, because he's also a storyteller. So we come up with these ridiculous memes and jokes all the time. We're like, let's just name it concubine. That's hilarious. So it's written for my cat, telling him bedtime stuff. <laughs> it's like mishmashed together with a, with a really intense chorus. And... Uh, yeah, and it's named after just some ridiculous life stuff that you go through and, and how we, we find comedy in it. Yeah, and the music video is just really, really cool with some of these parts. It's just like eerie, just think like fishnet full bodysuit. Like we did a classy, classic black and white look for it. Um, it's really like looks like the story of a girl who's just like she is like the succubus of nature intense but also you know she was like trapped kind of like that trapped version and it really shows it like the eerie place we shot has like this like glory overhead lighting to it and I'm like strapped to a chair and like tied there but like uh with mic cable and a microphone that's so cool and... where, where where did you where did you film it yeah, so uh, we filmed here, and then we filmed in my buddy's space. He's uh, got a loft in Pilsen. I shot a, a few things there, but it can just look so different every time because he's got, like, this, like, creepy underground tunnel-looking basement. And then from his loft, he's got this, like, opening on the up, up top because he's got a gallery where he showcases his artwork. And then, like, the lighting that we had, um, I had my, my buddy shooting, like, a beam down on me and then just kind of, like, making it go crazy, so... That was fun. And then we also shot at this like abandoned railroad cart area out here in Pilsen, um, which is really cool because you can just like hop up on there. It's all graffitied here. And then, and then I'm taking footage from, from some, some other shoots that are our old, our old like apartments too as well. Like, <laughs> I'm going to see if they fit or if like my whole weird carry covered in corn, corn syrup blood. I, my, I'm allergic to corn syrup too. So my body, I found that out. I was like, my body was like numb and I'm like, it's totally worth it. It's totally fine. With everything you're doing and producing and directing these videos, do you have anyone that inspires you or do you look up to any other directors in the industry? When I was younger, I just remember first seeing a lot of like Chris Cunningham stuff and being like, oh, that's really, really weird. Like, and it's super important to like, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You want to immerse yourself. And I do with like, what's out there right now? What are people doing? Let me see this. Let me view this. Like, who is this? Who is that? But then also like, you want to kind of be untainted a little bit too. So that way you're just, you know, 
regardless, you're always going to be pulling from like yourself, you know? So you can't, nobody can touch that because even a correlation of like eight to 10 directors, then, then yourself is just like your own thing. But, uh, but I, I do, like, I, I feel like I have my own flavor to some things that I do. And then when I have questions about how to execute, that's when I start looking up a bunch of things like Madonna's old, you know, music videos, like there's going to be a justify my love type deal. That's why I decided to go black and white a little bit for, for concubine, um, and have that. I might still do some color with it since there's like some deep, deep reds in it that are just like, would be really cool to pop out, but having that. And then like, I feel like I've been told that like, my mom was like, you look like you have old lady Gaga music videos. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, hers are pretty cool though. So if you look back at some of them, I'm like, I don't see that, but like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure I exactly see that, but that's a compliment regardless because like her production quality is amazing. One last question. How can we get connected with you? Absolutely. Um, so there's so many different ways. So we're on all social media. So you can find us on Facebook at After Music, um, Instagram, and then you can go to our website, aftermusic.com. Um, and you can reach out there. You can, and what's super important to me is I, I realized it does not matter if you're like a corporate suit and tie. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter if you are an e-commerce or small business or if you're a musician or whatever, you know, a rapper, just grungy, whatever you do. Whoever you are in life, you need to have a personal brand. You're always going to be communicating. You're always going to be like kind of, you know, presenting yourself. And what I noticed is like, you know, when I was doing the musician thing and for some reason it just blew up into the corporate thing, they're using the same tools. They're using the same touch points. They're using the same platforms. You need social media. You need email campaigns. You need a website. You need logos, colors, branding, all of that. It's just what is that going to look like on featuring artists too, as well. We were doing that in the past. So, you know, if you have submissions, if you have like, you know, a release coming out, um, feel free to email me. Like I'd love to listen to it. That's great. And so pretty much what you're saying is you're totally accessible. Thank you so much for joining us on this setup today. It was great to hear how you're setting up such great experiences for artists I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it was great to have the opportunity. And it's just one of these things that, you know, you it just from like your core, like whenever you have like goosebumps or things that just really, you just interject out immediately. I'm so passionate about being able to help people and help people like see through, you know, their problems in a creative way. Like, you know, just get that vision out, whatever it might be and tell their story with it. So I, I you know, if you're an artist out there, you're not alone. It is, you know, you have help, you have support. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much again. It was really, it was a great pleasure to be here. Here are some key takeaways from Hope Taylor. Number one, utilize your resources. Number two, repurpose your content. You have spent so much time and money on the video. Number three, there are great editing tools like DaVinci or Resolve and are completely free to use. Number four, always come with a plan. Do not waste camera footage and space on your computer for unplanned moments during the shoot. And number five, prepare the night before for your music video. Eat a good dinner, get some rest, and be ready to have fun. 
Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcast. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit me at thesetupseries.com. Thanks and see you next week.